Hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, today is going to be a different kind of stream. Um, it will be a nerd show. I will be chatting up, uh, talking about some Star Trek, because I am a huge Trekkie. I have watched Star Trek since I was a child. Um, I've watched it. My mom watches it. You know, it's it's definitely something I was brought up on. So, uh, you know, if you're a Star Trek fan, by all means, be ready to chime in with your comments, questions, and all that jazz. And um, with me today to rap about Star Trek is my friend, Ryder Monroe. He joins me all the way from sunny L.A. What's going on, Ryder? Uh, everything's going well. I'm busy, busy, but I'm um, happy to be on your show. All right. Well, thanks for joining me. And um, so, you know, before we got started here, we were talking about, you know, why we like Star Trek so much, but you were kind of explaining your journey over to Star Trek. And I really want you to share that with everybody. Yeah, I uh, I guess I didn't really, I wasn't always into Star Trek. Um, I, I was really always into like Star Wars. I was like a big Star Wars nerd growing up. And um, I think like, once, um, sorry, they just started like doing oh, work. That's cool. <laughs> just now, just this moment. Um, but it was when like uh, the 2016 election was happening and running up to Donald Trump's um, unfortunate win. Uh, it was like I started just losing faith in all humanity. So I just found Star Trek on Netflix and I started watching, I didn't even start watching it the first season. I like just, you know, chose like a random episode to start watching and I just, it just was so cathartic and like hopeful and um, kind of, you know, reestablished my faith in humanity. Hey, Hope. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and um, so yeah, it was really uh, something that like, helped me when I was feeling super low, you know. So which, which series was it that you started out with? I started with um, Next Generation. Oh, really? Okay, so that's what caught your attention. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't start with TOS. I, I still haven't watched all of TOS. I've probably seen a, a small fraction of, of um, the TOS episodes, although I love the TOS cast um, movies, and I've seen mm -hmm. all of them a ton of times. Well, uh, for those of you out there that don't know, that's the original series with, um, I don't know why I'm forgetting my man's name. I'm, I'm really having a brain fart right now. It happens. Uh, William yeah. Shatner and Leonard Nimoy as uh, Captain Kirk and Spock. Show aired in the 60s, uh, had the, if not uh, the first, one of the first interracial uh, kisses on television. And it was funny how they forced that on TV. Um, the story behind that was um, there. <laughs> It was uh, for the Southern station affiliates that didn't want to air a white man kissing a black woman. They were like, look, you can either take this ending, or this version of the episode with that, or you could take a version of the episode where the Enterprise blows up. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they, 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 they took it and went ahead. They definitely weren't backing down with that one, which was great. And, um, you know, in the 60s, they have a black woman, you know, be a part of the main, like, main cast and have a position of authority. Same for a Japanese man, you know, honestly, what, 20 years, less than 20 years after, uh, uh, you know, they were being locked up in internment camps, you know? Um, so it, it was, it was. while this isn't exactly a, a picture of it, but it's diversity, I still loved Scotty and, and, and Mr. Chekhov adding their own version of white cultures to it. 
Because they were pretty hilarious. Uh, And what's going on, my man Gustavo? Yes, Gene Romberry was ahead of his time. Uh, He he had some problems along the way, especially during the the recording of The Next Generation. Definitely had some issues. I don't know anything about that. I mean, I I know that... I know that that episode, the interracial kiss episode, was actually one of the lowest, if not the lowest rated uh, episode in mm. um, because they wouldn't play it in um, the, so many southern states. Yeah. Uh, but they took the hit um, because it was the right thing to do. You know? Yeah, for sure. And I, and I, I definitely appreciate that about Star Trek. Um, Michelle Nichols, awesome. Um, I have yet to meet any of the original uh, series cast members. Um, yeah. I haven't been to that many cons yet to meet anybody. So uh, the only, I think the only person that I really, asked, well, I got to meet Janeway, but not nobody from the original series. Yeah. So, I, um, I, oh. it's, it's a weird story. I started, I dated um, one of the cast members from uh, Voyager. What? Can you tell us who? I can't tell you who. I, I couldn't. But... Oh, come on. Damn it. Okay. I'm going to just start guessing. <laughs> was it Harry Kim? Was it Tuvok? I think it was probably Tuvok. I like Tuvok. It was Tuvix, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah, right? <laughs> the guy who played Tuvix one episode in season, was it two or three? Oh, I forgot Tuvix was a real person. It was an actual actor that played Tuvix. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I definitely know that. Um, and they, and they, he, he did a great, he was a great acting job. It was a phenomenal a role. Yeah, there's sure. so many nuances to that um, yeah. character of like mm-hmm. picking parts of Neelix and picking parts of Tuvok. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Well, it was definitely, um, you know, I, I think it was something, you know, Voyager had a lot, and this is Star Trek Voyager, uh, for you guys that don't know, but Star Trek Voyager had, you know, a couple things going on with, uh, for, for people who were biracial, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, uh, obviously that episode spoke to that. You're biracial, you kind of, you know, vibe with that a, little, a whole lot. And um, the character, um, Belana Troy, or Belana Torres, I'm sorry, uh, Belana Torres, she was half Klingon and half human. And she was always fighting, like for most of her life, she wanted to ignore one side of her and be accepted by the people she was raised around. Okay. So and, and, and what, the way that I see it, you know, the Klingon side is the black side of her. And she wanted to be, you know, white. <laughs> She wanted to be accepted by the white people. And by, and so she really did everything she could to, you know, cast that side of her off. And, uh, you know, as the series goes on, you know, she, she, she accepted it a little bit more, but not as much she should have. Because there was an episode late in the series where, you know, they were about to have a kid. And yeah. she was looking to get rid of all the black DNA out the kid. Like, yeah, yeah. get rid of that. In utero, because um, she was still she still had issues, unresolved issues, um, um, with that side of her, which is kind of tragic. But you know, there are a lot of Americans that find themselves in that situation. Um, I've definitely known a couple. Um, heck, I've even known a girl who, because uh, you know, she had a black father, a white mother, and was raised around her mother and her stepfather, who was white. Um, you know, she fully embraced the white side of her and completely rejected the black side of her. And like, she didn't even talk to black guys at all. Yeah, you know, my buddy came up to talk to her and, and uh, she was just like, uh, can you tap that white guy over there? Like, <laughs> I mean, she ended up marrying a guy. So it, it whatever it worked out. <laughs> but, uh, but it's, I mean, that's an unfortunate thing, you know? Um, and I guess I could relate to it. Troy. 
yeah, you know, feeling like, um, you know, hating parts of yourself, you know, and um, living in such a, we live in such a, a Eurocentric kind of society in a white supremacist society uh, that I can, I can definitely uh, understand the um, impetus to embrace, you know, European um, features and that kind of European beauty standards and stuff like that, you know, mm -hmm. and try to ignore that shit. But I definitely can, I can relate to them feeling that way in some ways. I mean, not to the degree that Bilana feels, um, you know, but I can understand why people feel that way, you know, it's realistic. Yeah. I'm sorry, this comment had me laughing. <laughs> he said they're only missing a Cuban character. Wait, what about Khan? <laughs> the original Khan. Oh yeah. <laughs> there's a only there's only one Khan to me. I don't I don't like even acknowledge the the JJ Abrams movies mm. Now see I liked it. I liked the the into the was it into the darkness or whatever. I liked it only because I like classic movies. And the fact that they dug up RoboCop and gave him a a, a, a role in a big movie, I'm here for it all day. He played uh, Captain Admiral Marcus or whoever, but, you know, yeah, I appreciated RoboCop showing up. Go Robo. I liked, um, I, think, I think his name's Carl Urban. Is that his name? Oh, yeah, he plays the doctor. Yeah. I like him. And I like him in the boys now too. He's tremendous. Oh yeah. Oh no, he's been great since uh, uh the Riddick movies. He's been awesome for me. Um great. Yeah, he's been he's had a lot of minor roles here and there. Um he's a great actor. Yeah, lots of range. Lots, lots of range. Huh? Lots of range. Yes. Great actor. Yeah. So um Let's move on. Uh, actually, you know what? We I'm gonna just skip this first question. Actually, and we're just gonna go on to. Uh, I, I really want to know who you're, who who you really vibed with in Star Trek. We're gonna start talking about our favorite character. Favorite so, who's who's that one character that you just can't get enough of? Uh, it changes honestly. Like it changes all the time. Uh, for a long time, it was uh, Jadzia Dax. And you know, there's lots of. She's just such a uh, a confident, beautiful um, female character. Female character. Mm -hmm. That was a Ferengi joke. Um, <laughs> but you know, she's she's also there's parallel. There's trans parallels there in her story. Being um, being um, uh, what's it called again? It's a, she's a she's a a trill. Yeah, trill. joined trill. And, um, but then I like, I like Nog too. And I like, um, I like Nog a lot. Mm -hmm. I like his character arc so much. Honestly, I think most of my favorite characters are from Deep Space Nine. Um, the best show. My favorite. But then again, all of them have been my favorite at, at one They're time. They're all good. But Deep Space Nine really has, I mean, they have that just overarching arc of the Dominion War and Benjamin Sisko was such a strong captain and Jadzia and uh, <laughs> the dog. Yeah, my dog. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, actually the character that I, you know, vibe with the most that is, um, he's actually on Deep Space Nine, but then he's also on The Next Generation. That is Worf, son yeah. of Moog. <laughs> yeah. Worf is a Klingon, and you know I I I fucks I fucks with him a lot 
on a lot of different levels, but you know, he was, he's Klingon and he's raised around humans and, you know, he struggles with accepting his culture and, and being the kind of person, I guess, living up to what it means to be Klingon, which when I was younger and uh, in the Midwest, you know, I, a lot of times in certain areas, in certain portions of the black community, what it means to be black is very limited. The definition is very narrow, you know, uh, in some spaces, if you don't talk the right way, if you don't dress the right way, if you ain't wearing the right shoes, you ain't got the dopest haircut, like you're not one of us. You're some fucking weirdo over there. I've experienced that as well, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, Worf kind of struggles with like, do, is he really a Klingon? Like, but you're hanging out with these dudes. Are you really one of us when all you need to be one of us is, I mean, he has the physical features. He is a Klingon. And at, at the end of the day, I'm black. I'm dark as hell over here. Yeah. <laughs> I, also, I mean, you are too, shit. The one drop rule counts for you as well. I agree. And, um, you know, I've, I've had those type of things, you know, where people are just I'm not black enough to be, um, you know, accepted into certain groups. And um, I'm not black enough for this side of my family. Or, you know what I mean? Or, or mm -hmm. for this side of my family. Um, and I think that it's interesting with Worf, though, is because, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I think it's interesting with Worf, though, because he uh, was not raised by Klingons. He embraces Klingon values to the T, more so than any other Klingon he encounters, you mm -hmm. know? More Klingon, uh, literally, um, in, in a ideological sense, than any other Klingon on the show, you know? So it's kind of like he got the textbook um, understanding of being a Klingon um, more so than the actual real lived reality of being a Klingon, which made him a better Klingon. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. Because you didn't, you didn't like cut all these corners and shit, you know what I mean? And how mm -hmm. we do as, as, you know, we do it as Americans, you know, all the time. Um, we don't live up to our, our, our stated ideals. And uh, so I th always thought that was awesome. And Worf, as to see his his character development from the first season, you know, where he puts on like fifty pounds or something, <laughs> and he goes from being the skinny guy to being oh the yeah, <laughs> um, it's yeah. awesome. And another thing is that Worf reminds me so much of my older brother. Um, it's really weird, and I didn't realize that so much of my brother's like um, expression and identity was tied up into Worf because he, wa he watched, I grew up watching him watch Star Trek, you know what I mean? And um, so much of like his comfort zone, I can tell is uh, copying Wor Worf's like archetype, you know what I mean? And uh, I just thought that was cool. It's interesting. <laughs> yeah, you know, I also enjoy his integrity. And I think integrity is something that in general in society, I just think it is something we're running very short on at this point. Um, you know, I was always taught and and through high school, church, and even in my fraternity, you know, integrity is the ability to do the right thing, make the right decision, even when it's not the popular one. And you know, he does that time and time again. Absolutely. Like, fuck what all y'all saying, that shit ain't right. I'm going this way. Exactly. And, it's just a yeah. to have. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I just wish more people did have it, though, you know, um, just uh, the ability to leave the crowd. But, you know, um, and I really didn't mean to get into the space and conversation. That's something I recognize a lot with the more guys that I meet 
that um, openly date women of trans experience and classify themselves as trans amorous, you know, the more I'm running into that personality type and those personality traits where all the guys, they do not, uh, they are not here to live in this box. And, you know, if society says things have to be this way, which for a lot of black men, you know, so, you know, we, we, we deal with the pressure and our culture is telling us that dating trans women is a bad thing and we should not be doing that. But, you know, we do it openly, defiantly. And, you know, because, I mean, even if you're not dating women of trans experience, it is still, you know, you would, it still takes integrity to tell everybody else, no, you're wrong. They deserve love like everyone else. And, you know, these are humans. No, these are not cast outs. You know, we should recognize women of trans experience as women. Like it takes integrity to muster up the courage to do that because yeah. so many people are just, you know, hateful out here. Uh, it, it's, it's pretty trash, but yeah. it's life. <laughs> no, you're right. It's a lot of integrity and a lot of courage. And again, it's very admirable and it's a, an attractive trait, you know, um, you meet, it's like, you know, being a trans woman, it's like you've, you've already faced down so many giant, um, societal walls you know and monsters and, and things like that so it's like to come across a man who's you know supposed to be a protector and professes to be um courageous and i can do this for you i can take care of you you're safe with me and then they're afraid of being made fun of it's like how much of a man are you you know what i mean it's like i'm living my life you know with more courage than you you know mm -hmm. How are you supposed to like lead me anywhere? <laughs> you know, I'm like, you know, I mean, I'm I'm wearing more pants than you in this situation. You know, so um, yeah, I like I like this whole thing that you got going. I like this whole advocacy that you got going. Uh, I think it's awesome. Yeah, I always support. I'm glad you had me on the show. Yeah, thanks for stopping through for sure. So we got a couple. I got a couple more topics I want to hit before I let you go. I can keep talking. Like I'll talk about. Uh, Day. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's just a question that, you know, anybody who's in a Star Trek might have pondered. I know I've thought about it. You know, I've always thought about who I like the most. But then I'm like, realistically, which captain would I want to serve under? And, That's you know, it, hanging out with the person at a bar. Like, of course, I'm going to hang out with James T. Kirk at the bar. Like, he's going to be a fucking riot. I love that guy. But it, I would be a resher and I wouldn't make it a day on his ship. So, <laughs> and honestly, probably not with with Voyager, and probably not with Picard either. You know, hmm. I think that the the captain that I would like to serve on, and probably not with with Archer, Captain Archer either. Um, I think the the captain that I would be most likely to survive um, with is Cisco, because Cisco is the only captain that really bends the rules. Um, to win, you know, has ever really like just thrown ethics out the window in order to to for the greater good. Hmm. Yeah. So I, I think that my favorite character, my favorite captain, is probably Captain Picard, but um, that changes. And the captain that I'd like to serve under is Captain Cisco. Good answer. Sorry, I uh, in in the uh, hallowed debate of Kirk or Picard, I am Kirk all day, every day. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, 
No, I had legendary back and forth with one of my uh, fraternity brothers when I lived at the house, and we we would just go back and forth nonstop because he just loved Picard, and I'm just like, ah. But you know, I wouldn't serve under Picard because I wouldn't make it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because you'd like sacrifice your life to you know for some you know invisible sense of values that he has that he has to adhere to. Mm-hmm. And uh, same with Janeway. You know, they'll they'll throw your life away. You know, to for some you know um, invisible kind of air of morality that they kind of adhere to. You know what, though, I think Jane Way would feel your death more than the rest of them. I think she'd be like actually mourning you. I think so too. I think Jane Way and I would be really good friends too. So mm-hmm. you know. Okay. Well, uh, I, I would have to. Wow. I would have to go with Picard. I'd have to serve under Picard. I, look, his death count is very low for as long as the series ran. It was low, and Lower Decks people weren't really getting killed like that. Because I would be a Lower Decks guy. I would never I wouldn't be on the fucking bridge and shit. Like, Well, also, he has a whole, you know, there's families and stuff. There's It's an exploration vehicle. You know, it's not like mm-hmm. uh, he's in, it's not like he's going to war every time they're going out. Most of the time they're, they're just exploring stuff and doing diplomatic stuff. True. But, you know, uh, he's the main one fucking around with Q. And what happened? Uh, what, what, first, uh, second or third episode Q showed up? He introduced him to the Borg. That is true. And the Borg cut out a whole chunk of that ship and people just dead. Yeah. You just right. chilling there in your quarters reading a book and then just laser. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sucks. And they didn't bring him back either. And Picard could have asked them to bring him back too. Yeah, yeah. But Q was just like, why, you know, uh, 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 I think he said, uh, go back home if you're going to cry over, cry over spilt milk. Yeah. Which, you know, okay. You know, that's, I, I would definitely choose to be a Q if I could be anything in that universe. <laughs> no, that could be a cool, like, a cool spinoff. Um, you know what I mean? I don't know how they would do that. But also it's it's funny to think about when Q showed up in Deep Space Nine and uh-huh. first Cisco Dead was punch him in the face. <laughs> you're, not, you're not doing this. <laughs> not even you know, humoring any type of nonsense, you know, just punch him right in the face. It was like uh Picard never punched me and he's like, I'm not Picard. <laughs> <laughs> and that was when he hated Picard. Because uh, of Wolf 359. So it was uh, at the beginning of DS9, he was, he, yeah. Picard introduced him, but he was a fucking asshole to the dude. Yeah. I think he actually like be reassigned or whatever else. But, you know, it's, I, I just, I love, love, love Star Trek so much. And it's the only series that I, I rewatch. They have a channel on Pluto TV that is all Star Trek. Cool. And all they do is play Star Trek. And I'm just like, I'm good. I don't need to turn it anywhere else. No, I know. I just I put it on Netflix and I just leave it on the background. I pretty much watch yeah. it every night as I go to sleep. For sure. Now, have you started watching the new stuff? Have you watched I, any of the new track? Yeah, I've watched the new track. Uh, I enjoyed Picard. Um, okay. I don't. I don't. I really. I've been meaning to rewatch the second season of Discovery. Mm-hmm. I didn't really get into Discovery. I think that Discovery has really good uh, special effects, and but I think they they have yet to really like um, 
become a cohesive uh, crew and have like a really cohesive story. It's very complicated and convoluted, but mm. I don't know, hopefully they get it together in the third season. It's a lot of these series, they don't get good to the third season, you know, or at least well, the second. I think the, um, especially the, uh, the Kelpian, um, like first officer, like his, his story was really good. I enjoyed his evolution and the relationship he had with the main character, uh, forgot her name already. Um, Should know Michael, this. Yes. Michael, yeah. Michael Burnham, yes. Um, but I mean, she was even a dope character, I guess, uh, a dope character to invent, like a human raised on Vulcan. And like, that's, that was pretty cool. And yeah. I think she's cool. I think that there are some missed opportunities um, with her. And I think that there's some some interesting choices that she does uh, with the character that I'm not so crazy about. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing where things go. I mean, the 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 previews for for season three look so good, so I'm, I'm excited, you know, to, to watch yeah. more. I mean, same here. I'm happy to finally see Star Trek after uh, 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 Voyager returns. Yes, you get that in Picard. You do. And the 2009, 2010 Star Trek movie kind of holds its canon with uh, 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 Romulus blowing up and all that stuff. Yeah. So that's that's great that, it, that they're able to tie all that together. But, like, for the longest, they've been, oh, we're going to do a prequel. You know, Enterprise was before. And then everything is all before. And I'm like, I want to see the future. No, you're right. I want to see the future. And it's, it takes a um, – it's a big – it's a big leap also because it's like they established this this show as a prequel show, you know, and now we're seeing the, they're going to take us to the future now. So I just hope the Federation is Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's scary and it's, you know, it's not as hopeful of a show, you know, it's, um, it doesn't yeah, give it's it's My next question. <laughs> okay. Is the new Star Trek too dark and cynical for you? I wouldn't say that it's too dark and cynical. I would say that I would say that um, it's a little bit too like emotional in some ways. I feel like there's there they put emotion they try to put emotion into so much emotion into every single scene that it kind of cheapens the, the, the real emotions of it when you're supposed to have it because it's not any really any different. And that's one of the choices of Michael Burnham's uh, character. Um, sorry. Um, but that's one of the... Shush. That's one of the things that I... Um, I don't really like about the character is, and I think that it's getting better as, as time goes on. And I think that like the scenes that she has with Spock definitely elevate her um, her acting and elevate the choices that she's making. I think that, that Spock brings a lot of nuance to every scene that he that he does. And so much nuance to the character. Excuse me. That's cool. <laughs> Stand by, everyone. She will be right back. <laughs> For those of you listening through audio, she has walked away. Go handle the dogs. Sorry, now she's dark. back. 
so like I feel like um like she she has this way of like everything is intense every every line that she delivers is really intense you know mm -hmm. she's like asking the the replicator for some tea and it's intense you know it's green tea <laughs> you know it's it's this look that she has and she does it all the time and once you start to notice it it can be very distracting um and she looks sort of like puzzled it's like Oh, I can't even do it. She she has that look. It's like, are you constipated? What is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like, every, what's going on? Everything, you know. So um, I hope that she pulls that back a little bit. Uh, and mm -hmm. I think a lot of the actors on that show um, are kind of, kind of had to figure out how the characters were. The, I'd say that Tilly was the most readily natural of the characters. For sure. Uh, but Captain Anthony, Pike was great too. Captain Pike was great too, and really um, you know, um, and what's her name? The the woman, um, his number two, who um, played Mystique, is uh, oh yeah a, yeah. She's a veteran, uh -huh. and I just and, and you know I, I saw like um, like Tig Notaro, you know, like her when she started, her acting wasn't great, and she quickly got much better. Um, and again, Spock was great, and uh, Michelle Yao is great. <laughs> Yeah. My neighbors are doing um, work on their house, so they're like this. Uh -oh. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I think also that the writers missed a, a big um, opportunity with her name. They named her Michael, and I thought that that was just going to be like they were going to explain that that's a normal thing to name um, a woman a girl in you know, this time in the future. But then her roommate's like, Michael, that's a weird name for a girl, you know? So um, that was just like, what? What? what's the point of that? You know, like mm -hmm. that was just a missed opportunity. Um, so, yeah. I think they could have tied that in with the time travel and possibly could have did something like, you know, oh, we're going to name her Michael after whatever. Yeah, I, who knows? But yeah. they were when you're doing time travel so much in a show, uh, you know, sky's the limit, really. Just like why? I mean, maybe they'll do something, you know. But why? Why name her Michael? Just because? Like, there's is there going to be a, a a reason behind that? Is there going to be some kind of explanation? Well, you know, that was also something that uh, uh, is that's that's one thing that's not under the constraint of canon. Like, you can do a whole story around why she was named Michael, and you're not ruining the rest of Star Trek's. Uh, 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 Continuity, because you know they fixed the 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 the, the um they, they fixed all the storyline stuff with right at the end where they're like okay you have to swear that you will never acknowledge the existence of this never tell anybody what happened yeah. so then it just went back to oh yeah this never happened yeah that was good and how so, like, to explain how they had this um you know the the Cilium network and stuff like that and. Mm -hmm. That. So that was good. I, I also really liked how, and, I, and Star Trek does a great job of that in general. You know, like in Enterprise, um, there's a lot of that where they go and they're tying up little loose ends. You know what I mean? My favorite yeah. one is when they have that episode where they explain why uh, in TOS the Klingons look so human. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that, that just, I mean, that made so much sense and, and gave me so much, um, I don't know, comfort just knowing that it all you know, fit together well. 
So for those of you who are non-Star Trek people just watching this, it, thank you for staying with us <laughs> through all this. But, uh, you know, in, in the the original series back in the 60s, the Klingons were just pretty much, uh, you know, white men with, like, brown dusted on their face and, like, mustaches. And um, then, you know, once the cosmetic, you know, makeup and all that stuff, like, it, it grew, um, you know, then they gave them like ridges and full prosthetics on the face and all that stuff. So they looked like they weren't human. So, you know, they had a flashback episode in Deep Space Nine that they flashbacked to the original series and they were just like, wait, are those Klingons? Why do they look like that? And obviously Worf took the easy way out. We don't talk about it. So we do not discuss this with outsiders. And then, you know, yeah, the, the uh, uh, um, Enterprise, great job. And they brought back Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil was in that episode. Shout out, R.I.P. Uncle Phil. There, you know, that's something else. There are a lot of actors that have gone through Star Trek. Yeah, no. A it's, lot it's, of actors. It's crazy. No, it's kind of like um, it's kind of like Law and Order in that way, where there's just like so like you you cut your teeth on Star Trek, you know, being some playing some small role in mm-hmm. that. But what's also amazing is I feel like they're usually good people, you know, that's typically you don't, you don't find, at least not from um, next generation on, you know, it's like typically they're, they're really good people that um, play on that show, you know. Absolutely. Um, a ton, long list of actors. Um, please go Google it after this. Uh, you will be surprised who you see. I think one of the most the most high profile actors, um, people that are like in terms of how big they are today, I think the highest profile person was The Rock yeah. um, when he appeared on Voyager. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was like The Rock playing The Rock, but he's an alien this time, yeah, and he busts out the the people's eyebrow. Yes, yes, like he did it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, that would have been great for me to see, like, when it happened, because I didn't see that for another, I guess, like, 15 years or something. Um, but I loved The Rock back, back, and I loved WWF as a kid, so I didn't know oh, anything yeah. about Star Trek back then. And that was Attitude Era Rock. Like, doesn't get any better, yeah, which is yeah, absolutely right. great. But, you know, um, I'm sorry, back to the, uh, 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 you know, the new Trek and it being really dark, because people think of... I've heard I've heard the philosophy that Star Trek really resembles how America sees itself. And, you know, way back when you said James Kirk had all these vaunted, like, if we're a nation under God and all this, you know, he had all these high ideals and, you know, everything was great. And then, you know, you still move on to the next generation. And, you know, while there might be a little conspiracy behind the closed doors, we might have a little Cold War feeling going on there. You know, the Federation is still great. And we still have a good view of how the Federation is. And then you fast forward to now. And, you know, I mean, hell, the Federation is corrupt as hell. And they leaving people to die? Like, yeah. that, that's not what I learned in the 90s. No. Federation was always there no matter what. They were the good, uh, I'm sorry, the, the do-gooders. But isn't that a reflection of our times, you know? It really is. It's, I mean, it's the war crimes and, 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 oh, well, we don't want to help those people because 
they're our enemies. You know, it, it kind of gives me a little feeling of yeah, Trump talking about like certain nations, like uh, we're not messing with those Muslim nations because they're our enemies. And all the while, they're still professing to be this, um, you know, organization of just the of um, of higher morality, you know. Mm-hmm. So that in itself is that's you know that's just a tenet of, of fascism, you know what I mean, and propaganda. Um, so it's realistic in that way. It's not hopeful and doesn't make you feel good, but it is realistic. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's not the same as it was. I had a rosy view of society back then. Yeah, I watch, you know, I watch this stuff so I can turn my brain off and just like feel good for a little bit and, and think, okay, well, humanity has a lot to go. We, we're, we're a primitive species and we believe in all types of, um, you know, superstitious nonsense and we impose violence on each other in irrational ways, but there's hope for us, you know, another hundred years, another 150 years, we will, we'll get there. Mm. And, um, I don't, you know, you don't get that from watching Picard or, or watching these discovery, um, as much. Yeah. But, um, the best thing about Picard to me was really how they, um, I mean, speaking about Picard and, and just what's new, uh, they, they do really give us our fan service. Like they, it, that show is all about fan service. All about fan service and nostalgia plays. And they do Absolutely. it in good, good ways. You know, I, I do, I did appreciate that. Um, it was great seeing um, Commander Riker and um, uh, Deanna Troy. You know, that was just like awesome the whole time. I was just like, oh. <laughs> I just want to be there and hang out with you guys and eat you know, the tomatoes that you guys grow and <laughs> all that. Oh yeah, they, they definitely got their happily ever after. And I was um, I was surprised that they brought Brent Spiner back out. Like, yeah. I thought Data was supposed to look the same all the time, but apparently he wasn't and he was designed to age yeah. visibly. That was weird. Um, yeah. but, you know, how are they gonna bring him back unless unless he's, he's aging? Um, I thought it was a cool way to 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 end out that after uh, how what happened in um, gosh what was that movie called where he died? Oh, sorry. It was an insurrection. It was the one after that. It's the one with Tom Hardy playing a young Picard. I I forget what it was called. We're we're both fucking spacing out here. um, Yeah, you know, I thought that was cool. I thought I felt like. The, the way they set up that story, um, where he had he had the they had just found the double, you know, of him mm-hmm. and stuff. It's been like kind of like a, a fake backup. Yeah, we're just gonna do a spoiler spoiler alert if you haven't watched Picard. Yeah, sorry everyone. Fast forward like fifteen. No, fast forward like a minute. Okay, let's go. Yeah, and um, you know, then they 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 set it up for um, in a slightly different way to bring him back. You know. Mm-hmm. And, I thought that that was cool, and I was glad that they did it. And then for them to end his story uh, in such a an emotional way, um, and he had such a great monologue for his character, ending it out. I mean, Brent Spiner, what a as an actor, it's like what an incredible role to play. You know, he's probably got the Absolutely. best role in all of Star Trek. He got the best role like ever. 
because he got to play so many different characters. Oh yeah, right, right. He was on Enterprise for a while, and then he got to be some un, you know, unknown, not illegitimate son or legitimate son of uh, Doctor Soon. Like you just, uh, you're just playing the same guy over and over. The Bert Spiner for me, uh, outside of Star Trek, I love, loved him on Independence Day. He was just a crazy doctor, and he was great. I didn't even recognize him. In, me neither. Um, I like, him someone pointed it out to me, and I'm like, holy crap. Yeah, that's totally dope. Um, you know, I, I would say that was um, very emotional towards the end, because it was just like, you know, You've seen all of you saw you saw all the movies you saw all of uh, the next generation, and it's just like damn, like that's one that's one OG you don't want to lose, you know. No, so it, it was definitely tough and emotional. I got choked up. Not I, I got choked up. Yeah, it was an emotional thing, and I wish that I always wanted to see Data become a captain of his, of his own starship, and you never yeah. get to see. Yeah. You know? So it's unfortunate. It is, and um, I mean. Yeah, I'm glad Picard got to make good on all that. You know, his his loyalty to Data. Yeah, um, I wish we would have saw the Forge though. No, the Forge. No war. No, I know. What's up with that? I know. That would have been great. Maybe in the second. You know. Hopefully, we need some Gates McFadden back. You know. I I can't get enough of Gates McFadden. She is absolutely stunning. Still, if you've seen her on Instagram, she looks absolutely amazing. I haven't seen her on Instagram. I follow her on um, on Twitter. Uh-huh. Yeah, she is still a stone cold fox. Yeah, <laughs> Picard should have definitely. Uh, uh, I mean, look, he had options. Let's just be real. That in was one, in the one timeline. They uh-huh. don't say there's a one timeline where they show that they had gotten married. Remember? Oh yeah, at the end of the series, yeah. right? So that might still have happened. You know, between the end of of Next Generation and Picard. Mm-hmm. You know, so we don't really really know. Now we did see. Uh, um, now this was an alternate future in Voyager, where we saw a Captain LaForge. Remember, it was it was an episode where they had the the, the slipstream and Harry Kim miscalculated, and then him and Chakotay had to go back and try and do everything again. And then Jordy is right there, like, "Hey, Captain LaForge, stop yeah. it." <laughs> yeah, um, that's cool. Yeah, see. Yeah. Already, uh, that makes sense, and that's cool. I, I like that, and I also like seeing Nog um, become a, a, a cap, starship captain as well. Wait, wait, where, where was that at? Remember, he in Deep Space Nine in that one episode where um, where, and this might not have happened because the timelines were all you know getting jumbled. But when Cisco gets thrown into the quantum eddy, basically, and he's stuck in this like space out of time basically and his son is aging and his son keeps trying to bring him back. Oh that one where the son is like an author. He's played by um the same by Candyman. Uh yeah. the same man that plays Worf's brother Kern. And that was such a good episode. It's probably my favorite Deep Space Nine episode. I wish um, I remember the name of that actor. He's such a good actor. Yeah. I think I think it's called I I think the episode is called The Visitor, but I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh and it was so good. I, that at that episode to me should have won all the Emmys and stuff. Um, but Nog shows up and he's starship captain. 
<laughs> yeah, he would do that. He definitely would do that. I would love to see. Uh, I know they can't do it now because I'm sure he's dead and just or completely out of the acting game. I wonder if they can like digitally recreate Vic Fontaine and just bring him back. <laughs> yeah, I love Vic Fontaine. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I love Vic Fontaine. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. outside of him, what other holiday characters do we really know? Uh, just him and and Dr. Moriarty. Which one is Dr. Moriarty again? Uh, Dr. Moriarty was the uh, Sherlock Holmes villain that took over the ship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was- <laughs> Why? Yeah, that one was good. And I, yeah, I wonder what he's doing. You know, he's out there, right? Or is he? No, he's in the. Um, he's in a box on fucking. Uh, 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 what's his name? Reginald's desk. Yeah. Fucking sitting there. Thinking that he's out in the world. <laughs> now, now, imagine the horror and the terror of him finding out it's all fake. It's all been fake. Yeah, that would and be a great. Better of him. He's like, I'm just gonna burn this whole shit down now. Yeah. But also, I mean, that might be our our reality. We might be sitting on somebody's desk. You're right. The Matrix kind of fucked in my head on that one. The original Matrix kind of messed me up on that one. Yeah, it was the smartest people do think. The smartest people on earth think that we are living in a hologram. So, mm. yeah. Fascinating. Well, I mean, damn, if it's a hologram, then somebody fix this shit. <laughs> I know, right? You're going to give us this fucked up hologram? <laughs> like a, a Sim City uh, simulation where they just want to fuck over the citizens, just see how bad it can get. Yeah. Just press the reset button. Exactly. Shit. So let me see one more. Uh, I think I have one more question on here. Ah. And obviously we don't know any of the actors personally, so please do not add us for this. But really, which one, which one, which Star Trek character annoyed you the most? Hmm. Gosh. Because it's like all the annoying ones, all the people that like, are considered annoying. I like, you know, it's like, like I like hate. I like Neelix. Everybody hates on Neelix. I love Neelix. Neelix is such a good guy. I love Neelix, and I hear such good things about the actor that plays Neelix too. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's all over sci-fi. He's really great. I mean, really, who who do you hate seeing? Who do you hate seeing episodes about? Uh. I don't know. But look, while you ruminate on that, I'm going to just spill the person that I hate the most. It's fucking, fucking Keiko O'Brien. I knew you were worst. I don't know why. I like Keiko. Hate her. Look, Miles O'Brien is dope as shit. His best friend Julian is dope as fuck. And like, I just, I, I hate, and, and this is also maybe on the writers as well, but I just hate when they, when they make the uh, uh, wife characters or female characters out to be the buzzkill. Like everything's going great. You got this awesome person. They love their this and that. And now, lady buzzkill. And all she does, all she's here to do is complain and be a fucking buzzkill. It's just like, really? That's your whole fucking character? Yeah. Whack. You shouldn't do that. You should clean up yeah. your clothes. <laughs> but I want to be a botanist, but I want to do this. Miles, Miles. I want some attention. Yeah, me and well, my mom were getting locked up for 20 years all right, just, uh, in, in a day and shit. Jesus, as Miles would say. Yeah. Uh, 
I'm not gonna lie, his daughter's kind of a little asshole too, but that's just on me. That's just my opinion. I I think that um I like Keiko. I do think that she that they they always in the nineties, that's how they wrote everything for these women. Um but I mean honestly Bashir, Bashir and O'Brien are like supposed to be together. And if it wasn't for Rick Berman, they probably would be together. Oh, you think like that, like that. Well, yeah, like that, like that. Yeah. They're supposed well, to, I mean, if it was twenty twenty, I think they would I think Julian Bashir's sexuality would uh be a lot more broad than just him chasing skirts. And I think he probably would be open to that. Yeah. Especially with Garrick too. Garrick, I forgot about Garrick. Garrick's probably my favorite character uh, right now. Oh, you know? he's, so, he's just so spicy and, and yeah. He knows and, so much. And, yeah. He's just a super spy. Yeah. He's just and it's like, okay, we're about to fly on this official mission. And Mr. Garrick, you're joining us too, right? And he's gonna say <laughs> witty, um, kind of petty thing at you. Yeah. <laughs> he's gonna say save your ass and end. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you know what? Who I will give the um the most reformed character award to has to be Damar. Damar. Oh that's um is that that's uh he's a Klingon? Oh no he's a no. Frank. No no he's a Cardassian. He was a a, a gold to Cox number two yeah. guy. And towards the end he turns on um he turns Good on menu. Yeah, he turns on the Dominion. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, I remember that. But um, he like comes to he comes full circle because he was so hardcore like Cardassian, fuck everybody else, yeah. and then he came turned, and now he started to understand why his people were seen as so evil, and, and why you know they they were characterized a certain way, and how wrong they were for for um, occupying Bajor. And also. Didn't he also kill, uh, he killed Gul Dukat's daughter, right? Yes, he did. And she had betrayed them. Yeah. He did that. And he also, he killed one of his best friends because he was just like, his Kardashian doesn't exist anymore and we have to move forward. It's just like, I, I, I love seeing his turnaround because it is really somebody who has fit the role of oppressor, like really start to get it. Yeah. And uh, he, I mean, that's, I, I, Deep Space Nine, they just have, they got the best stories. Like, they have the best villain in all of television. Star yeah, Trek. That's, it's a complicated character, you know what I mean? True. They had all this um, conflicting kind of uh, motivations and, uh, um, you know, emotions and values. So um, you start to, you know that they're villains, but you start to empathize with them. You know, and then they'll do something and they'll bring you back to, to thinking that they're a monster, you know, and then they'll start to grow. And um, so it really makes things a little bit more complicated than just good and bad, mm -hmm. which is how it was in like Next Generation. And it's weird because I watched I watched uh, Next Generation and then I watched Voyager before I watched Deep Space Nine just because I got confused. And I thought that uh, <laughs> Voyager came after Next Generation. Um, but yeah, I mean those shows are very they're they're a lot more alike than Deep Space Nine is to either one. No, yeah, totally. So um, when I'm I gotta I gotta like raise my mood. I need some kind of mood elevator. I watch Voyager or Next Generation probably. Hmm. When I want to watch some cool track, I probably just put on Deep Space Nine. Okay, I, uh, 
you know, as far as Voyager goes, I, I love the Doctor. I don't. People hate him. Really? They, they think he's annoying, and I, I absolutely love yeah. the character. Yeah, Robert Picardo did such a good job um, bringing that character to life, and started off as like such a, a fringe kind of supporting character, and became such a, a big part of the uh, series. Absolutely, and but he's just so innocent. You know, he's an innocent life, and he's just trying to figure himself out. And, you know, obviously that's, you know, a, a Seven of Nine, the new sexy character kind of fills that void um, later in the series. But, um, you know, then even when he starts to fall in love with her, you know, I, I would love to see what happened to the doctor. Me too. And how now also they're showing in Picard how holograms kind of have more rights, you know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. and holograms have... Uh, the concept of a hologram being like a person has kind of uh, evolved. Mm -hmm. uh, so I would love to have him show up. That would be great. You know? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm thinking of this. Uh, have you ever seen the, the series Futurama? Uh, of course. And uh, they had a, a, a PSA in there about do, don't be a robosexual. Because they were, you know, the robots were kind of like the holograms where they could like look like anybody. So you had the, the kids like only having sex with this robot and then Come to find out, no no babies were born because everybody's having sex with their robots. Yeah. It's just like uh, it was it was it was it was brought brought to us in an old school like sixties kind of like don't do that. Well, if you know that would be, you know that would be a thing. You know they'd be like this is going to be the end of society because um, these people aren't aren't real people. You know we're giving them personhood. You know? Yeah, but I, I look. At the end of the day, the same thing that's spurring population growth right now would, is always going to spur population growth. You know what that is? Poor people. Yeah. They fuck. They're going to keep on fucking. You go to Walmart, you see parents with seven kids in Walmart. Yeah. Poor people. Uh, uh, us. And, and I got myself in it. I'm a peasant. I'm not rich. You know, I, and to be honest, everybody I know ain't rich. I don't know any rich people real rich people, you know, uh, all of us peasants out here. I mean, fuck, yeah, we're, we're, we're fueling society's growth. The people at the top that, you know, are waiting till 45 to try and have kids, whatever else they might have one while, you know, that poor person might have a kid anywhere between 20 and 35, but they'll have like four. Yeah. And, and so, they stay poor because they have to take care of these kids. Yeah, for sure. You know, they don't, they're not able to get their education and stuff like that. And things happen and it's a big, um, I mean, look, it's, things are possible if you're driven. And when I say that, cause I'm, I'm just saying, I know a lot of people that come from big families and you know, we all broke whatever else, but dang it, we went to college, we got our degrees, got our careers going and we're not, you know, folks are getting not out the hood, but uh, either uplifting the hood or just moving someplace that's also all black. But um, I mean, there's a way. There are ways out. Oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. there are less ways out for people of color. Yeah. But you know, absolutely. I don't want to be that guy that you know doesn't get it. But I just it's just you know it's just you know barriers that you know that you have to get over you know that other people don't have. Absolutely. You know? So while some people are going to get over the barriers, some people aren't, and the barriers shouldn't be there. And it's another thing. It's one of those things where it's like you can have an opinion, but, um, you know, what is the end goal of your opinion? 
You know, mm-hmm. I don't think that people should be having kids if they can't afford to have their kids, you know, but what the, what's the end goal of that? Does that mean that only wealthy people can have kids that you should pay to have some kind of license to get children and the government should decide who has kids and who doesn't have kids? I don't think that either, you know, and it goes oh, yeah. no, that's a nightmare. You're dealing with eugenics and stuff like that. So it's one of those situations where I think you can have an opinion and you can acknowledge um, things, um, but you also have to acknowledge the reality of how society works and um, what the end goal of certain things will be if you try to go there. You know what I mean? It's like I think that, like, I believe in, in that, that some people deserve to be put to death for their crimes, you know, but at the same time, we have a system that uh, imprisons, you know, every year multiple people are let off of death row who are, who are found innocent. So how can you have a system that has capital punishment, um, you know, when there are innocent people being killed? Absolutely. It's, one of those know, it's, it's a system that's used to fast prosecutions, but you know, it is what it is. But I, I want to acknowledge a comment here from my man, Gus, because this, have have you tried? Do you play VR? I haven't. I've I've yeah. heard. Yeah, I bought it. I got it on PlayStation, and it is once you get a crew, because uh, like it's a game where if you play with the computer, it sucks because your pilot's gonna fly into a fucking asteroid or do something stupid. But um, if you actually have humans, it is the bomb, and it can actually be really fun. It's a great Friday night like drunk gaming thing to do. Cause you can just ride around and just do some stupid shit and you can just have a blast. You start over. Yeah. I've never played any of the Star Trek games. I've never really gotten into any of the VR games period, but I want to. Okay. Yeah. It, it is. Um, what is it called here? Hang on a second. I'm going to look this up real quick. Uh, whenever my internet wants to work, right. <laughs> But yeah, it, it, it's, it's called Star Trek Bridge Crew, and it's on Oculus, and um, yeah, it's it's on Oculus, PlayStation VR, and um, I don't know what else it's on, but it, yeah, it's it's a dope it's a dope game. And actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna just show you just a, a very small snippet up snippet of it. I just want to roll a piece, but just so people can actually check it out because it is. It's a, it's a lot of fun. You get you get to choose to be in the old school original series bridge, or the Abrams universe bridge. Um, you can also be on the next generation bridge. I think that's it. I don't think you get the Defiant or Voyager. I think so, next generation is my favorite bridge, though. Anyways, which one? Next generation. Okay. That seems like the most comfortable bridge, you know. And it's like well lit. You know? It's like. So here, here is a here is a look at it. I just had to pull it up here. Um, one second, I'm sorry, I got to share my screen. Uh, here we go. This was unplanned. I would have had this ready to go if I planned to bring it up, but I just it is it is so dope. <laughs> so yeah, this is the game, and it's just like you're in. You have a VR headset on, and you can use your fingers to click around and. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. That is so rad. Yeah, so you know, you got your missions, and that's your buddy sitting in that chair. Your your buddy, one buddy's a, a pilot. Somebody else is a science officer. Somebody else is at the engineering station. Weapons, like there's those, a few different stations that you can learn real, them. Huh? Like those are real people. The other people. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's those are real people. Cool. So it's like you and your buddies, 
I think it's like four people. But yeah, it's you and your buddies, and you know you're running a fuck the bridge of a starship. And That's so cool. Yeah, so I, I bought it. I bought the expansion. I love it. It's so surreal to just even if you're just not playing the game, just to sit in the bridge and kind of walk walk around and move around the bridge just to see. Like, wow, I'm really in the Enterprise, the old school Enterprise, or the new school one, or it looks like they opted for the Abrams one here. Um, but, uh, you know, they also have the next generation as well. But, yeah, it's it's dope. So if you guys are Star Trek fans, I highly recommend you try this one out. Highly recommend it. That's so cool. I mean, stuff like that where you can just passively kind of um, put something on and and – kind of fantasize that you're in that world mm -hmm. is so um, like therapeutic to me and enjoyable. Um, I've always thought like they should have, like for your TV, you should be able to have like a screensaver that's just like um, you flying through like warp speed, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Warp speed kind of stars stretching at you and just leave it on. I would leave that thing on all day. You know, if they, um, if Samsung and LG, if the manufacturers saw money in it, or software developers saw like money in it, they, I think people would make that because it's kind of like yeah. there's new backgrounds at that point. It's like an app I can put on my TV. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah for sure. Well, hey, we have, oops, we have been going at this for about an hour, and I think it's about time to wrap it up. We got a. We've been talking for a minute, and I, I, I thank you so much for taking out the time, because I know you're a busy lady. <laughs> I appreciate um, you working with me and around my schedule and having me on the show. Uh, I had a great time. Hey, Troy. <laughs> <laughs> so um, before you leave, can you tell everybody where they can find you? I'm on Instagram at, at one Ryder Monroe. I'm also on Twitter at Ryder Monroe. Those are both very um, NSFW links, so click them at your own risk. <laughs> Don't use your work laptop for this, guys. This is my secret stuff. It's a lot of filthy stuff on there. <laughs> and then you shout out my boy Troy. You got to shout out my man Lex. Yeah. That's so, my number one. Yeah. You can make what? it today, but you know he's on all my on all my streams. Next time, man. Um, I would, I would love to come back sometime um, and talk about whatever. Yeah. I always have a good time with you. Awesome. Yeah, and, and same here. So uh, we'll definitely do this again. Um, thanks, everybody, for joining us on this very first Trek Talk on my new channel. So we'll be talking Trek again, hopefully at some point in the future. We'll get back at it. All right. <laughs> All right, y'all. Over now. <laughs>